Hello and welcome to the Eye on the U podcast, the Miami Herald's Miami Hurricanes podcast. I'm David Wilson and I'm joined as always on the other line by Susan Miller Degnan, our Hurricanes beat writer here at the Herald. Susan, how's it going? Uh, it's, it's going great. Back in South Florida, 95 degree heat and I love it. Yeah, uh, season right around the corner all of a sudden. Um, ACC Media Day is coming up. Um, you will be up in Charlotte, right? It's in Charlotte this year. Um, yes. You'll be up in Charlotte uh, talking to Tyler Van Dyke, Jafari Harvey, Will Mallory, and then, of course, Mario Cristobal. Um, and basically everyone. Obviously, there's there's a lot of big stories in college football right now. We'll, we'll talk a little bit about that at the end because this is our last episode before you head up there. I'll be off the next couple of weeks. Um, so I'll be on vacation. Uh, but a lot of news keeps coming up on the recruiting front, obviously, for Miami. We talked last week. We're like, if Miami gets a couple big recruits this week, we're going to have to come back and do another episode. Um, and, of course, they get another couple of big recruits. Uh, Jaden Wayne, a top 50 defensive end from IMG Academy, uh, was a five-star commit at the time. Five-star prospect at the time he committed. Um, don't want to get too much into the controversy because kind of missed a lot of it with uh, his rate ranking getting dropped, uh, I guess, because of like some clerical errors, basically, um, with 24-7's composite rankings. Um, and then uh, on Tuesday, they get Raul Aguirre, a four-star linebacker from Georgia, um, two huge commits. So what I want to do this week is I want to rank this. They've gotten seven new four-star commitments four and five star commitments for their class of 2023 since uh, that last weekend of June when Jaden Rashad, I think it was June 26th. Yes. So in two and a half weeks, basically three weeks, closer to three weeks, I guess by the time people listen to this, um, I want to rank them not in terms of who's the best or who's going to have the best career and who's going to go highest in the NFL draft, but just what their commitments have meant for Miami in terms of, I guess a bunch of different factors. One is just like, obviously we've seen the way momentum has built for this class. And, and that uh, I think it's like hard to deny that it, it positive news has led to positive results for Miami. Um, another part of just how they're going to fit onto a future roster. And, and then just kind of what it signals about what Mario Cristobal is doing on the recruiting trail. Um, I sent you my list and we're, we're kind of in lockstep. So I, I guess we'll run through it and we'll, I mostly sure. just want to use this as an excuse to talk about these, these seven guys who are all sure. varying degrees of very important to this team. So do, should we start at the top or should we count it down? What do you think? Uh, <laughs> I start at the top. Let's start at the top. Uh, number one. So basically, I kind of almost like had tiers. I had one and two. You could go either way. Number one, though, I went with Francis Maigoa, um, like kind of the easy choice, I guess, the one five-star in this class right now. Um, a potent, you know, the be- if he keeps this ranking and signs with it, he'll be the best tackle to sign with Miami since Chantrell Henderson in 2010. Um, you know, tackles are, are always tough to project as we talked about, I think last week or, or the week before yes. after Miami got him um, because they're huge and uh, you know, it, sometimes they can get by on, on strength and all that kind of stuff in, in high school that they can't in college. But, you know, with Miami has just really struggled to, to no matter whether Francis Maigoa ends up being like a future first round pick or whatever, 
it's just the the signal to me that that Miami is going to recruit offensive linemen at a really high level. And you already see in the last week or so, um, Samson Okunlola was a five-star tackle from uh, Massachusetts. Uh, I talked to a couple of weeks ago when he finished his official visit, a couple of those crystal balls on 24-7 go into Miami. Alas Allenin, a, a, a top 100 tackle from Finland. Uh, there seems to be a lot of Miami buzz there with him as well. So you can just see already like Maigoe is the biggest one yet, but he's also maybe just the start of what Miami's going to to have at that position going forward uh, in terms of yeah. recruiting. Yeah, I I I have to agree with you. I I see your list and it's pretty much right right where I yeah. where my list is too, except for I don't know, we could go back and forth, but I I mean a five-star tackle this guy look, I mean, just looking at the, the photos of it. Yeah. <laughs> right. I, I yeah. mean, it's crazy. Uh, and you talk about the other guys, you know, that they're in on, it's amazing. I, to me, the Mario Cristobal, uh, and the, you know, the Mirabal factor together and how, how much he cares so much about both sides of the line mm-hmm. actually, um, is a, is so incredibly important other than just, he's a great recruiter and totally wrapped up in his team and what he wants to do. And he's just seems like he's doing everything right. And I, I would have to put Francis uh, Marigoa, if I'm saying it right. uh, Number one, for sure. Cause you get that great offensive tackle. I mean, Yes, you're right. You never know exactly. You, you hear about this stuff all the time. And some of the guys end up okay, not great mm-hmm. that start up. But I don't know. Looking in the sky, I just have another feeling. And um, you just hope they're really smart. Yeah. And then you're in really great shape. They, you know, if they can get because offensive linemen are gen, gen, generally, you know, among the smartest players. But, um, yeah, I would definitely have him number one. And by the way, when you said you had tears, I thought you meant T-E-A-R-S. Uh. <laughs> by the way, I did for a second. I thought, wow, he's emotional. Yeah. But no, yeah. I, that, that guy I just was, love good line play. Yeah, exactly. I'm sure a lot of fans had tears, T-E-A-R-S. <laughs> but anyway, that in, in a good way, that, that would definitely be my number one. I mean, that also you know, that also affects the quarterback as right. far as I, I'm talking about quarterbacks looking at UM and the offensive players. I mean, you get a, the best left tackle and you're in business. Right. So, yeah, I mean, not to spoil my entire top three, but like it's not a, there's a reason that the number one pick in the NFL draft in most years is either a quarterback, a defensive end or an offensive tackle. Cause those are the three most kind of the three most important positions on the field right now. I'm quarterback for obvious reasons. Um, and then, you know, tackle and, and defensive end, that's the most important battle that kind of is in a passing heavy sport right now, like that determines everything in terms of giving the quarterback time and um, a, a, a good, good situation to win in. And, you know, like, you, like we've both said, like tackle is the hardest pro- Tackle and quarterback are kind of the two hardest positions to project, but it's, you know, it's like what we talk about with the quarterbacks Like you need a, a really good quarterback every year. Cause you know, there's going to be some busts in there and the same way with tackles. Like if you can get a, I mean, if you can get a Francis Maigoa every year, which, you know, that doesn't seem 
crazy far-fetched right now, considering uh, Mario Cristobal's track record at recruiting that position. Like your offensive line is just going to be a lot better because, you know, if Francis Mayago is not great, maybe Samson Okunlola, maybe they get his commitment and he's great. Like they're the, a five-star tackle is a lot more likely to be really good than a, a three-star tackle, obviously. Yeah. And, so. and, you know, just finishing on that in this subject, I, I always think it's interesting when uh, like a five-star or a really highly ranked uh, person at, at a certain uh, position commits, right? And then yeah. all of a sudden, like we're talking about other, another five-star, right. four-star, whatever, uh, offensive lineman. I always find that, interesting because sometimes you would think hey maybe they would want to go you know they wouldn't want to go there because not that they're worried about the competition but maybe there's somewhere else i go and okanlola like and let's say they're both three years and done like five-star recruits often are like one of them is not going to get to play left tackle ever in college so yeah, I mean, yeah, but then, but you know what, David? Then again, when you think about it, offensive linemen, although at Miami this has not been the case uh, in the last few years, offensive linemen usually, almost always, do not play their first year. It's, yeah, it's, it's true. Too tough. There's too much learning, too much body shift changing. Yeah. And, uh, but, you know, I will, I we'll see what happens with Mario. I mean, it, it just depends who's the best, I guess. So, yeah. I mean, they're going to have an opening to, you know, Zion Nelson will, will almost certainly be gone after next year. So there's going to be an opening. Um, they're going to have to replace sure. their best offensive lineman, whether it's, whether it's one of those guys plays tackle or, you know, right tackle or someone else moves from guard, you know, like there, there's going to be, there's a path for, for a really good tackle to get on the field early on. Um, number two, I've got Jaden Rashada, a uh, top 50 prospect quarterback from Pittsburgh in, in California. Um, kicked off this run of commitments, um, which, you know, that's, I think you can make that as part of the case for why he might be the most important guy they've gotten so far. Um, obviously, quarterback is really important. Um, that's another reason. And he is, as of now, the second highest ranked quarterback commit in Miami history, behind only Kyle Wright, slightly ahead of Jake Garcia. Um, again, the reason I kind of have my go ahead of him is like the same thing quarter, the bust rate with quarterback versus tap and, and yes. tackle is, you know, there's, there's a chance Jaden Rashad is never like an all conference player. Right. Um, and then just the fact, I think Miami's in really good shape at quarterback. It, it's really the situation where now if you can get a, a four-star quarterback or, and every once in a while sprinkling a Rashada or Jake Garcia, um, then you're, you're going to be in good shape because obviously Tyler's going to be gone after next year, probably. But then you got Jake Garcia, you got Jakari Brown. Obviously, I already got Emery Williams committed too, who's uh, was at the Elite Eleven Finals. Um, so, I mean, you could I I could hear the case for Jaden Rashada being number one on this list. It's really, like I said, tears. I think with with those two are are, are the signature additions to this class so far. Clearly, yeah. I mean, I, I could I could definitely. You know, I haven't, I mean, I've seen some, you know, I've seen videos or whatever of Jaden. I haven't seen him in person, uh-huh. you know, and he's, you know, uh, he's still, uh, you know, he's, he's still in high school. Right. Um, so, um, yeah. So I, I mean, I, I, I mean, I definitely think that's very valid what you said. I mm-hmm. also think hesitate a little because I think they 
they need such help on defense. Yeah. That, uh, and I, again, the same thing, I mean, with Jaden Wayne, right. The top 100 edge guy from IMG Academy and four star slash five star, whatever he is. Uh-huh. And Raul Aguirre. Am I saying it right? Agu- I think it's Aguirre, but I'm not Aguirre. positive. Okay. But anyway, I, you know, being supposedly a really, really good linebacker. I mean, I think they're super important to this class. I don't, I don't know what I'd rank them. And obviously if Jaden is that great, and it seems like everybody says he is, I could see him at two. I could see him at three only because they have such good quarterbacks now. Right. Yeah. That's, they, that's the thing with Rashad, you know, normally quarterback is obviously the most important position on the field. Um, it definitely, but, that, but, but like you said, they're like if Rashada never starts a game for Miami because the way the transfer portal works and all that stuff, like, it wouldn't be shocking and it wouldn't be like a death sentence. Um, and obviously, right. like Ex- Goa and, and Jaden Wayne, exactly disappointing yeah. wouldn't either, but um, they, they like you said, the positional need is, is kind of bigger with those guys. Yeah, exactly. That's you said it perfectly. I the thing is we're talking about now, right? And in the near future. I mean, I mean it it, it depends how Tyler does this year. I mean, Jake Garcia, you got to pray that he st- stays around. It seems like he's going to, but you mm-hmm. you just never know in this sport in this day and age yeah. college football. And and also Jakari Brown. Jakari Brown, yeah. Is look really good to me. Very young, but look really good. So um, you know, it just, it, that just depends. Um, who, go ahead. Tell me who you, well, got. okay. So let's go to three then Jaden Wayne. Yeah. I have there, um, right. again, five, five star, four star, depending who you look at defensive end. Um, like I said, there's a reason quarterbacks, tackles and defensive ends go number one in the draft. Um, right. Wayne is, you know, Miami's gotten some very, obviously they've had some great defensive ends, uh, recently uh yes uh, Greg Rousseau um would have probably been an all-american if he came back Jalen Phillips obviously was an all-american uh Quincy Roche um you know was an all-american at Temple before he came to Miami so yep um you know like Miami it's it's the quarterback and or the quarterback right now is a novelty where Miami is good quarterback for the first time and feels like the, a decade uh, whenever they have great tackles, it's going to feel like a novelty because when's the last time we've thought about Miami as a good offensive line school? The defensive ends, like we're used to seeing that, but I mean, you felt it last year when you, you know, did. No, no yes. disrespect to Jafari Harvey, who's you know very good player, and we'll um, we'll talk maybe a little about him at the end here, and you right. know, he could be an NFL player at some point in his life, but um, you, you felt that void they had without having a Greg Rousseau or a Jalen Phillips or uh, a Chad Thomas even, or, you know, they've, they've had a, they had a really good run of defensive ends get drafted and um, that, that ended last year and, and always, Wayne always should be the next great one. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Agree. And always, and, and when you look at his, his size, again, he, they might be padding this a little, but he's listed as six, five, 245 pounds and he's in high school. Yeah, he's huge. Six, I mean, you five. look at the pictures of him and he's he's huge. Like he could be remember how like Rousseau would sometimes play defensive tackle, like on those like he's gonna be that kind of guy, I think. Right. I but uh but bigger. I yeah, I, wider, I, wider. So yeah. 
lighter. <laughs> Excuse me. I don't I don't mean bigger, taller, but just seems like he's really yeah, uh, he's big. He's big and strong, and uh, you know, Greg grew into his body. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, these these are SEC bodies they've got. You know, it's, we talk about it like you know Jalen Phillips obviously was like Miami. Just not guys, not that Jalen Phillips was an SEC. Tyreek Stevenson, where we would like look at him, he's a, a cornerback safety, and he like looks like a linebacker, and it's like that's what guys look like at the highest level of the sport. Obviously, he was uh, played at Georgia before he was at Miami. That's like what Wayne, Mike Goa, even Rashada, who's very you know got really good size as a quarterback, although skinny. Um, like yeah, that, very that's what they've got. That's what they've got with this top three or like guys who really look the part. Yeah. And, and Jay, I mean, Jaden Wade, I mean, he's, I think he at least was the number five edge rusher in the mm-hmm. two, four, seven composite rankings for the class of 2023. That's saying a lot. Yeah. The kid must be really good. So I'm kind of excited to see him. And I know that, you know, this season, you know, UM also has a, uh, Cyrus Moss and Nigel yeah. Kelly. So that's going to be big too. But again, we, we want to make sure they're all healthy and want to see you know, what they can do that will help. But yeah, anyway, we can go on. To the yeah. Next that's one. a nice, that's a nice little future core. Also a lot of IMG guys on this list, which is a little exciting. They're in state now and I'm sure I'll get over there at some point in the fall to see them all play, which, which will be cool. Um, number four. And I think you could, as you kind of alluded to, maybe make the case that he could be even higher. And that's Bro Laguire, a uh, four-star linebacker from Whitewater in Fayetteville, Georgia. Um, not as highly ranked as the top three guys, not even as highly yeah. ranked as, as one of the guys I got behind him. Um, but, I mean, we, we've talked about positional need and uh, how long have we been talking about that they need linebackers? Bro Laguire, at his current ranking, is the Forever. best Miami linebacker commit since – Shaq Quarterman in 2017. Um, uh-huh. Since that 2017 class, when I think they got what they got, that was Shaq, McLeod, and Pinkney. I don't know if they were all or, or how many were four-star commits, but since that class, they've mm-hmm. had two four-star linebackers commit, and that's it. Avery Huff, who's basically been a, a non-factor, um, and Wesley Besaint, who I think we think is going to be really good, but obviously has not played it down yet. So uh, really important for them to get uh, a really, really good linebacker or two in this class and uh Aguirre is a, is a great starting point yeah um god it's so important i i've i've been wondering now for a couple of years why don't you know some of the really really good linebackers commit to miami i mean it's it's, it's such a need yeah you know and and such a open way to to kind of get your playing time as early as you can i mean you think about shack Right, quarterman. Yeah, Shaq, Pinkney, and McLeod. All, all. I mean, that was the that was kind of the problem. They had it like locked down for so long that, I mean, obviously they were trying to recruit guys, but but they never did successfully. True, but I mean, they, you know, if 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 he's that good, he'll get on the field for sure. Also, so I think that's a good ranking where you put him. Very yeah. good. Well, the other the other reason I would say Miami has struggled is is South Florida does not produce linebackers at the same rate as a place like Georgia or Texas or California. Like, it's just not, you know, right. we're, we're all wide receivers, defensive backs, um, defensive ends and running backs down here. Um, and if you look the top four on this list are all guys, not from Florida. Um, obviously two of them are IMG now, but my go is from American Samoa. 
and uh, was played in, in California at one point before he came to IMG. Obviously, Rashada playing in, in California now. Uh, Jaden Wayne is from Tacoma, Washington, um, and Raul Aguirre from, from Georgia, although he was uh, born, he was born in Miami. Right? Yeah, born in Miami. You know, David, I kind of I I really like it, and, and we knew this was going to happen because Mario, even though he's a, a Miami, he's a Miami and through right. and through. Uh, him being on the West Coast, right? Uh, yeah, just, three of those guys uh, are West Coast guys. My uh, God, yeah, now Rashana they've got Wayne. all these. Yeah, yeah, they got all these California kids and uh, other wherever they're from. You know, the West Coast. Okay, mm-hmm. kids that let, maybe were interested in Oregon and right. stuff like that. I, I just uh, that's I. It's gonna pay dividends in the future, also, because yeah. if all these guys on the West Coast um see wow miami you know they, they they took the long trip and their parents were happy and if everything works out then i, I think more will come yeah, it just feeds into it definitely it feeds into it and and then the miami kids and the south florida kids it's not like they're not going to want to come so right. i just i think it's really key that that mario has uh is not just getting South Florida kids. Yeah, basically. he's a national recruiter. He's always been, you know, at, at Alabama. Obviously, Alabama recruits nationally, so he's he's has those national connections that, you know, Miami recruits a little bit nationally, but historically it's been protect the the state of Miami, spread out a little bit to Central Florida, Jacksonville, maybe into Georgia a little bit, and then grab a kid or two here and there from from other places. So. Um, uh-huh. I mean, everyone raised about Mario's work ethic. I think he's on the phone from 5 a.m. every morning until uh, 10 p.m., 11 p.m. or something like that. Um, right. And that lets you talk to a lot of different coaches and, and keep everyone happy. So um, number five, I've got Nathaniel Joseph, a four-star wide receiver from Edison. Um, one of my favorite guys to watch in in the air, in Miami. Um Small though, five eight, true slot receiver. Hard to envision him being like an outside guy. Um, right. The reason I've got again, I have him uh, ranked ahead of uh, at least one guy, uh, ranked higher than him, is just that local commit. He's the highest ranked local commit so far. Um, we know that's important, and um, and you know Miami's Edison has not been like a a, a power that much recently, but um, Miami. Had, you know, they had no shot at Nathaniel Joseph basically before Mario Cristobal showed up because um, Manny Diaz did not recruit that school very well. So um, right. I don't know, just always important to keep the local, the locals appeased. Right. And that's what Nathaniel Joseph will do. In addition to I being agree. a really good, potentially a really good slot receiver and potentially we talked about when he committed a, a really good special teams guy. Yeah, that's very important. Um, and, um, and he, He's not afraid to, we, we, we talked about this too, to, to, to give his opinions when he was talking, you know, about Nabu Sweeney. So um, that'll be, it'll be, his personality should be pretty interesting. Actually. I like that idea. And uh, yeah, I mean, if they list him as five, eight though, I know I always say this, I bet you he's five, seven. He's taller than me, (laughs) but that does, that's not saying that much. (laughs) So, all right. All right. Um, I don't think so, by the way. I think he's shorter than you. He's definitely not shorter than me. Um, I'm pretty short. Um, 
Number six, I've got Riley Williams, uh, top 100 tight end from IMG. Um, really good, the fourth highest ranked player in this class, but I'm just never worried about tight end at Miami. So, yeah, I mean, but but it's tight end so important too. I mean, tight end so important because sometimes, as we see, they get injured. They get I mean, yeah. gets injured, and and uh, sometimes they're not as. I don't know, good as we think they are. I guess yeah. you could say that about everybody, but tight end, I don't know. Sometimes we end up disappointed or somebody is slow or somebody is, I don't know, drops the balls or whatever. I guess you could say that about wideouts also. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I think it's a very important, uh, important position. And if he's that good, more power to him and to UM. Yeah, he would be... Uh... Well, I guess actually not the highest ranked tight end since Brevin Jordan, because I think actually uh, Jaleel Skinner was was ranked higher. So, you know, I just I just feel good about their future at that position with Arroyo and Skinner. Um, yeah. I think Williams is one yeah. of three tight ends in this class. Um, but again, like you look at where he's ranked and his position, like the expectation is a guy like that becomes, I don't know, a second day NFL draft pick, which obviously like those guys tend to be very good and very helpful. Yeah, um, I, love, I love talking about draft picks and then, you know, in three know. years or four years, we should go back. Oh, I know. Well, that's, we... you know, that's, that's how the, the rankings work. Like, I think they, they technically rank them based on NFL projections more than um, college projections, at least at the, at the highest levels of recruiting right. ranking services. Like they're, I think, I think 24 seven, I'm, I'm not sure if everyone does this, but I think they do they give out 32 five stars because they're basically like the 32 guys from this class, I think are going to be first round draft picks or can will develop into first round picks. So um, yeah. So obviously that would mean uh my they project to the future first round pick and the rest of the guys are close to it, but you know, have some work to do, I guess. Let me tell you um, something. Miami, Miami would be thrilled, <laughs> thrilled if they could get, third round i know the way the last couple of drafts okay. gone. yeah or fourth round okay i mean i yeah instead of fifth sixth seventh whatever well, i guess just the last draft the draft the draft before was very good when they had two first rounders right. so okay. um last one i got uh robert stafford four-star athlete from melbourne O'Galley. um you know blue chip defensive back like that's important if like if defensive back Sorry. Cornerbacks are now the other position that sometimes are not necessarily first round picks, but what I think there were two cornerbacks went in the top five of this most recent draft. So the value is with the level of passing, the, the value is obviously shifting. Um, Stafford is a little bit of a project. He's a two way, like a true two way athlete right now at O'Galley um, as much a wide receiver as he is a, a DB. Um and so who knows what he's going to look like when he makes that shift full time, if he's going to be a corner, if he's going to be a safety, um, but obviously uh, high upside on him when yeah, I, people love those two way guys who then get to focus in on one, one side of the ball when they get to college. So, you know, someone had to be seventh on this list and Stafford is just between being a project, between being a position that Miami theoretically should always be able to recruit well being in South Florida uh, he slots in at number seven. Yeah, I think that's, I love your list. I think it's really good. I, I think uh, also these these uh, two-way guys, you know, mm-hmm. the receivers and, and DBs, you see they're the ones that uh, 
at least in my experience, they're the ones that all of a sudden we see them practicing with the, we see the cornerback all of a sudden practicing with the receiver right. yeah. or we see the receivers practicing all of a sudden as a wide, as a, excuse me, safety or corner. So, um, so it, that's been always interesting, uh, you know, timeline to, to keep track of. Yeah. Good flexibility to have. Um, yeah. And another all 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 seven of these guys are top two hundred in twenty four sevens composite rankings. Um, I believe Stafford is the lowest rank of the group, but again, like that's like one seventy or something. So these are all really good, really good additions for Miami. What do you, um, David? What do you what do you think of uh, uh, like as as other you know you keep seeing stories now that some of the other guys are. Uh, being recruited by FSU or whatever, you know how this continues. Right. Yeah. yeah. None of it's done. None of it's done. I will say, um, you know, the, the worry typically would be like, you get all these commits and then you kind of stink in the fall and guys decommit. Right. That's always the worry. I'll say, sure. I think in year one with a coach, that is less likely to happen. You know, most of the guys I, I've asked about, like, you know, before they've committed typically just like, Hey, how important is it to like see Miami be good this year? I, I think people understand year one for a coach is a little bit of a grace period where like, you know, if Miami goes two and 12 or two and 10 and like, it's just a mess, then yeah, they're going to lose some of these guys. And, you know, if they go seven and five, they might lose a guy here and there. Um, but I, I think for the most part, coaches get a pretty good grace period in year one with, with recruiting, um, mm-hmm. because those kids understand that, you know, it, it takes time, I think more than, than fans do. <laughs> All right, let's close out with some quick, um, talk about ACC media days. Cause again, this will be, uh, our last show before you head up there, um, as I said at the top, it'll be Tyler Van Dyke, Jafari Harvey, and Will Mallory as uh, Miami's representatives there. Uh, Susan, we're going to be pretty quick. Obviously, you've got some time to think about all the storylines um, before. what It's like end of next week, basically, right? Yeah. Yeah. July 20th. Yeah. So, um, uh-huh. so what is, um, what, what's interest? What are, what are the, what are the store? Let's, Miami specific, what are the storylines interesting to you that you're going to get to talk to some of these, these guys, well, obviously Mario and, and maybe some other coaches about. Yeah, I think um, obviously I, I mean, this is, this is going to be the reality. The, the name image and likeness right. NIL is going to be a big topic because people are uh, fans from, from, uh, you know, other teams fans everybody's with their tweets, they're putting a little bag of money, uh-huh. you know, next to their t- tweets when they're talking about Miami. Um, and, you know, Mario's going to be asked about that. Um, and the, and the, and the players, you know, I, I also, so that'll be whether I like it or not, whether I'm looking forward to it or not, that's, that's going to be definitely big because the other reporters are going to be asking, they're going to you know, they're going to talk to the kids that all have Tyler, Tyler Van Dyke, you know, has a deal and all, all these guys do. Um, I also think, um, I mean, uh, a conference realignment. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that is going to be the, 
biggest story. Um, I, I think Big 12 media days are going on right now as we're talking, um, right. or at least they were yesterday. Not sure how many days that goes on for. Um, I, I don't remember what coach, maybe Mike Gundy, someone cracked a joke. It was like, why are Texas and Oklahoma even here? Um, so yeah, it's, it's the, going to be the storyline of all these media days. Yeah, I, for sure. And, um, that'll be, you know, we're, we're going to ask the players about it, of course. And, uh, you know, we're going to ask Mario about it. Cause think about it. He's coming from the PAC 12 mm-hmm. and so everything, everything is kind of upside down and changing and no matter, in my opinion, no matter what these conferences are saying like I say regularly I'll believe it when I see it meaning you know some of the conferences are saying no we're happy with 16 teams let's just see what happens okay if somebody you know 16 teams plus Notre Dame if they (laughs) if they want to go but anyway um that's going to be big I think as far as the quarterbacks go, you know, Tyler, I think should be among the top of some good quarterbacks in the ACC. And, you know, what are, what are his expectations? And I, I, I'm sure he has high expectations and uh, you know, NFL uh, situation with him, which you probably won't talk about. Um, And just the new, the new regime. I mean, that, right? The new, all the new coaches and stuff. I know we talked about it in the spring, but that's what people are going to be talking about yeah. with them. Um, what tight end Will Mallory uh, is going to be there. And he, he had a shoulder injury in the middle of spring or whenever it was in spring. And that was the end of his spring. So how is he? Yeah, this is his last shot. You know, this is, and they really love him, David. They, I mean, they like Will Mallory. Um, he's kind of a steady guy and he's definitely a team guy for sure. A program guy and he's smart. Uh, and then uh, Jafari or Jafari, as Cam says, Harvey, uh-huh. um, you know, I, just what we talked about, uh, how's the defensive line going to, going to, you know, improve um, just everything, everything we've said so far. Um uh, you know, what, what can we look forward to this year and all the same stuff. And they're all going to say that this is going to be the best year ever. Yeah. Am I wrong? They're, they're going to say this team is different. I don't, I, it's sure they're going to say this team is different. This team is closer than all the rest. Yeah. Uh, Mario has, and, and maybe it's true. Maybe Mario it's true. Has, maybe It'll be true true. one day, one day maybe. it will be true. They do say that every year. Just, I mean, yeah. I, they say that and then I write my story and everybody puts the little rolling your eyes emoji like, oh, okay, here we here go. Here we go again. Yeah. But that's, hey, when do you have more hope other than when a new season? coach is there and a new coach and the and start a of a new coach. era and, and all that stuff and yeah. an incredible coaching staff. We all know that. And uh, a lot of money to pay them. I mean, it's, it, it all looks good so far. Yeah, for sure. Um, and and you, one more you, thing. Go they're going to say they're all zero and zero. Exactly. <laughs> are you excited? Are you excited to get back uh, Oh, back up to um, media days? Oh, Summer's yeah. Summer's over. Summer's over. Absolutely, though. I Yeah, it's, you know, you need a little time off, and then you're charged up again and uh, rejuvenated, and yep. 
I'm ready yeah. to go. I'm, I'm ready to write that it's going to be a great season. And practice will be here before we know it at this point, too. Um, mm-hmm. First, first weekend, weekend of, of August. August. So, yep. uh, yeah, it should be um, – we're, we're really getting to the season. Um, obviously, this recruiting news has all been fun to follow, but uh, I'm, you know – I'm most excited to see what what they're going to look like uh, once this season actually starts. Is it gonna is it gonna die down at all, or does it keep get going more and more and more? What, I think we got a few think? more few more coming here in July, um, and then you know it tends to slow down a little bit in the fall when the season. Because at that point, kids kind of if they're going to wait that long, they're going to wait to um, to see. you know maybe wait for signing day or whatever. Um, yeah. But so yeah, well, we'll be busy the next next couple of weeks, and then uh, it'll it'll quiet down once the season gets started. So um, anyway, uh, you can follow Susan on Twitter at s miller degnan. She will be up at ACC Media Days next week um, for the kind of unofficial start of college football season. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at db wilson too. Although uh, I'll be on vacation for most of the next couple of weeks uh mlb draft coming up this weekend in miami we'll have uh, a couple of guys drafted pretty early no no projected first round picks but uh andrew walters alex mcfarland and carson palmquist all all guys who probably go on that second day um so we'll, we'll obviously be monitoring that as well this weekend um anyway uh thanks as always for listening and uh we'll talk to you guys next week take care actually not next week we'll talk to you guys later on Later on, after your vacay. Yeah, exactly. All right, thanks again. Uh, We'll talk to you guys later.